0: Hey, everybody. Welcome into Roosters in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. Never mind that rain out there. Spring football is here, so it's a glorious day covering the Ohio State Buckeyes. I am Austin Ward. Got uh, a couple of my colleagues with me today, Jeremy Birmingham, Spencer Holbrook. We both saw practice this morning. This guy doesn't need to know it to know what's going on. Mr. (laughs) Attack and Dominate (laughs) Anthony Schlegel breaking it down. Yeah, practice today. Hey. I told you last week it's spring ball. I know. That's I'm, what excited. I'm most excited for. I got you. And now we get to overreact to one day in pads, like oh, without pads, without pads. Sorry, running around in shorts and helmets, really. What football. Football could be better
1: than that? Yeah, it's awesome.
0: How much do you really get out of that, by the way, as a player? Like those days without pads, first day of spring. What's, what's the value?
1: Uh, the value is the fact that you've been training and now you get to go out there and like show that you've improved, right? So, I mean, it's not like you get to go shock anybody and, and work on that, but you know the game better and you've been training and you're a little bit faster and you've been working on your skill set and when coach is doing his drills, boom, I'm going to be the first in line. This is the opportunity that guys had to say, hey, I'm the leader of this group. People are going to be battling for positions because they ultimately want to be the leader. So, this is that time non-padded practice. I'm going to go out there and be the first. I want to look sharp, I want to be smooth. And really that will it's going to just kind of like the combine. It validates what the coach has been hearing from coach Mick. Mm-hmm. To it's on the field now. It's like, "Hey, this guy's really improved. He worked on the things that we thought were deficient." I can't wait to see him actually get with live bullets.
0: All right, so there's a lot to cover here on this fun casual conversation. Uh, brought to you by Roosters, a fun casual joint. Uh, there he is, right there. He's I, the I like this. Cheese Sorry,
1: I got my veggies though. I,
0: I don't know about this. I sh- this just put that on the salad. <laughs> a lot of sauce on there. <laughs> a mac <laughs> a and cheese salad.
1: Yeah, no, these are amazing. that be if you just put that on the salad, th- a salad and then I should healthy, do that. That would be healthy. Meal. Yeah, those right. are my veggies. <laughs> <Then it's laughs> I'm gonna a take a picture of this.
0: All right, that's perfect. That's uh, mix it up. So uh, there's a so, like I said, so much to cover as we get to see these guys back to work. It's really it felt like a long two months. Uh, since the Fiesta Bowl, especially with the, all the, the heartbreak there for the Buckeyes. But, uh, Burm, the first thing that stood out to me was comparing Justin Fields on day one of the spring ball, spring ball round two, to what we saw last year where he wasn't comfortable, the accuracy wasn't there. You could, you could see the athleticism. But today, I mean, the, the confidence that he had, he knows the offense, he knows the targets that he has to throw to, where to go with the football. I, I think that this – that ceiling is just continuing to go up for him.
2: I just don't think that you can really quantify how important it is to have been through something one time already. Like the opportunity to, to be at Ohio State. Last year you gotta remember he showed up in January, same as all these early enrollees. He showed up as a transfer from Georgia, all this sort of uh, you know, drama around his transfer, not being sure if or when he was gonna be cleared to play. Like there's a lot of uncertainty. He got put into a situation where the quarterback room was sort of a disaster. It was a brand-new quarterback's coach. There was all this other stuff going on, and you had a team full of veterans around him that sort of expected this young guy who never played a, a, a start of college football yeah. to step up and play the game's most important position and be the leader of the team, and that's a difficult spot to be thrust into. He did a pretty great job, obviously, as we saw him navigate that and saw him really sort of take the next step into the leadership role so when you're talking just comfort, I mean, you can talk about the the way he's throwing the ball, the way he looks out there leading the offense, that's one thing. But you just see a guy who's much more comfortable in his own skin than he was a year ago. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how that translates to him in the offense and being able to do the things that he can do best, which I still don't think we saw last year despite the incredible season and being an invite to the Heisman Trophy finalist um, group. He, we didn't see Justin Fields at – at like Death Star, you know, full, <laughs> the, full. Death Star,
3: the Death Star blew up. Berm,
2: we oh. didn't see the fully operational.
0: Oh, yeah, the fully you know,
3: operational. Justin walked Fields. into a Justin walked
0: Fields.
2: into a Star Wars
3: trap here <laughs> with
0: Spencer. <laughs> it's <so>. a trap. <laughs> so, I, I think part of that too, and legs. You know, we we talked about this all last season. They didn't want him to run. So, if Berm's talking about him being fully effective, a big part of what he does is with his legs, right? Obviously, that was taken away after the knee injury against Penn State and the rivalry game and in, in the postseason, but. I mean, I, I think you'll see a different look, and part of that's probably going to be because, as we've talked about and will talk about all year, probably the running back situation, you don't have J.K. Dobbins. Right. Well, how can you account for that? A quarterback who can run.
1: Yeah, so one, I found this sweet. Oh, look at this wow. Thing. It's wow. a heart-shaped, a <laughs> it's <Day>. a heart-shaped <laughs> mac and cheese bite. So I'm going to eat that in a second. <laughs> but, um, Berm, to your point, one is it's just like a job interview. right. You know, last year he came in, he had to win the team over. Well, the good thing about Ohio State is that you have an opportunity through winter conditioning in Mickey Mar- Marathi's program to win a team over. Period. Because the guys are doing the exact same thing as you, and mad drills are hard for everybody, and the Harley Davidson workout, and the St. Valentine's Day workout, they're all really, really difficult situations and events, and just like everybody else, he has an opportunity to win his teammates over and build that trust. Then you see what he did last year, and now, and I saw him the other day, Like that, he is a big Human. Yeah. yeah, he's not small. Right? No, he's not small. He's got a really big lower body, and I absolutely agree with you. I don't think we have seen his complete arsenal come out yet, right? right? I think I think as he improves with Coach Day and now Corey Dennis working on all of his mechanics, I think he's going to be an even better passer. I think that's also going to be because our wide receiver group is so deep that they're going to be able, that we were talking about a little bit earlier, about being a really efficient route runner, creating separation, having that anticipation now, another year in the books is really going to be enhanced. Mm-hmm. And then also what he can do with his legs out of the gun, finding who that... Number two or that number one running back will be Master Teague's obviously out. They have some death problems, but I think this will be a really fun year to watch how Ryan Day uses him because that's what I really think Ryan Day is elite at. I think that he can, much like the Patriot way he sees his strengths and uses it against other people, but he knows his personnel and Hey, whatever he does in an elite level, we're going to do that all the time. So I'm kind of excited to see how that last years.
2: They held him back and we knew that going into the season, they didn't hold him back necessarily just because of, of the knee issue. They held him back in the start of the season because the quarterback issue, there was nobody behind him, So they were very, very reluctant to let him sort of do his own thing and and freelance and, and really go out there and athlete people. And so I'm, I'm interested in how that changes this year. Obviously, there's still not a great experience behind him on the roster, but you do have talent with a five-star quarterback behind him in C.J. Stroud, Gunnar Hoke after a year and a half in the program now, Jack Miller fighting for for playing time. There's talented guys in a room that's been rebuilt, and I I don't know that they're still going to ask him to go out there and run for 100 yards a game. But if you get an opportunity now, you can see early part in the season where they may let him do a little bit more read option stuff than they did last year when they clearly held him back, and then the knee, inj- knee injury happened, and then they had to hold him back even more. So I think it's just the offense is going to rely, as Austin said, because of the lack of, of a experienced running back, and you lose a 2,000-yard rusher in Josh sure. Dobbins. You have to find a way to, to you know recreate that. And I think even Mookie Cooper and guys like that in, in the wide receiver room could play that role handling the ball out of the backfield, but we'll get down to They'll
0: probably have to, and that's another – I mean, DeMario McCall has been moved back. Spencer, I'll let you jump in here uh, any second on that. But you're looking at the running back situation. Schlegs uh, uh, alluded to the depth. You right now just have Master Teague and Steel Chambers. Those are the only two scholarship running backs that are out there. Marcus Crowley is going to miss the spring. Mayan Williams is not enrolled uh, in school yet. So that's what you've got. Demario McCall has been moved to wide receiver. Now, maybe it's going to be some of that H, and he could still shift back and forth and run. Mookie Cooper, as Berm said, maybe that'll happen. And we've seen that with Paris Campbell and jet sweeps and the pot pass and all that. But if you're having to find some other carries, it's probably going to wind up being on the quarterbacks back to to handle some of the load. Well,
3: I think some of the stuff you might see incorporated back into this offense are those touch passes that are basically just outside runs. I mean those were were basically just handing the ball off to to Paris Campbell and Dwayne Haskins was raking in uh passing yards with it.
2: JT Barrett racked up
3: thousands yeah. of yards out. Yeah. Yeah, and and but it's it, okay. But, yeah, JT
2: it's, threw for 3000 yards as a freshman and 1500 of them were on that pass.
3: Instead of I don't know where it was. Is went, that real? But,
2: no, I mean probably like, I like, like that. probably that? like 800 of them. Well, well, where like did it. that play go? Okay, instead sorry. Of, okay, instead
3: I'm of instead of handing it my close off. attack hot, and dominate. It's hot. In 2019, they would hand the ball to J.K. Dobbins. He would sprint basically to the sidelines and then cut it up. In 2018, they were pop passing to Paris Gamble and other wide receivers and doing that. They were still running the ball. It just mm-hmm. didn't go in the run column. I think you might see that a little bit more to ease these young running backs into their roles. And then as the defense loosens up, because you get
1: them running so far outside, sorry. It's uh, It's okay.
2: Sorry. Did you just attack? Him?
1: <laughs> he, he, he just wow. touched me. Didn't dominate. He, didn't he, just, dominate, though. he just came over, and, you know, just, just grazed <laughs> wow. the peck a little bit. That's all right, man. I won't Hurt charge you for that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then they can get these running backs inside and, and start hitting where Master Teague is effective, and that's inside the tackle. To, to his point,
2: that wide receiver, the the wide receiver room is so deep and so talented, like, you got to get those guys on the field somehow. For so sure. If it means that you're doing a little bit more of the the jet sweeps and that kind of stuff and the pop passes, so be it. Who cares? I mean, it's not about who gets the yards. It's about that the yards are gained. So when you have all these wide receivers, and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are next-level guys. Like, the, they're as good as K.J. Hill and Austin Mack and Ben Victor and all these guys have been. Even Paris Campbell who and Terry McLaurin and Johnny Dixon – Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are superior talents to those guys um, when they were at Ohio State. So uh, you have to find a way to get these guys to football. Maybe it works out great. Maybe you're going to see a 4,500 yard passing year for Justin Fields. I don't know, and but it's a lot of there's a lot of guys that need to get football.
3: I can't remember which one of you guys said it, but Ryan Day attacks what he has. You know, Sung Soo. He gets he gets the most out of what he's got. Oh, the art of war, of course. And so, you know, whatever is the strength he's going to go to, if it's handing the ball off to the wide receivers, and they technically don't play running back, but they get handoffs, that's
1: going to be what he does. Well, here's the other thing, too. If you have if you have limited depth, and this is why it's good, because you're in spring football. So you, you have so many young guys that came into that wide receiver room, they need as many reps as they possibly can. And if you're short at running back, guess what you're probably not doing a lot of? Running, running the football. The football. Yep. And guess who's not going to be running the football during spring ball Justin fields so that part of our game on how they do that is something that they will work on two if you go five wide right well guess what personnel you're probably having out there dime package Mm -hmm. right so now if you do have one of those wide receivers that can motion into the backfield do an option off of or whatever now you have guys that don't really necessarily play the run or have to get off blocks playing against our offensive line, right? Good. So yeah, that that defensive line versus our offensive line, and us getting into the second level and linebackers, and then you got you got a, a DB coming up, trying to get you know trying to tackle a, a really big quarterback who potentially can option off to a really fast guy. Those are the things that we're going to be working on, and yeah. it just allows them to improve that because we already know what our offensive line can do if we want to run it downhill.
2: It's the beauty of having so much multiple personnel opportunities. You, you can go five wide and put Jeremy Ruckert out there as a wide receiver Absolutely, at six foot five, two 245 pounds, or now Cade Stover at six foot four, two 245 yep. pounds, who you can still spread them out, and you're going against, as you said, dime packages and stuff like that. Now you got tight ends blocking on the edge, and you have uh, Garrett Wilson on an end of round. That's a totally different world. And Ryan Day and this offense is going to be trying so many different things to avoid the problem at running back. And and I I bet you're going to see a lot of different formational stuff, but a lot lot of substitution stuff that we haven't seen from Ryan Day's offense yet. Yeah,
1: plus the other thing, too, is when you have that, it's something that you don't see a lot of in college football, but you see it in the NFL, and that is spread them out wide. Because we would get where a running back would motion back in, Mm -hmm. but now it would be, hey, a a tight end motion backs in and a wide receiver potentially, or the running back, and then they're going to have an option game, or, they're, or, they'll, or they'll realign with a running back and a tight end, and then motion a wide receiver all out of the same personnel. And then if we want to, we can just let them play. Right. So they don't really know. Because the thing on, on defense from an offensive standpoint is you always want to make the defense have to communicate. When you play in front of 110,000 people, it's really loud. Plus, college kids, they all suck at communicating anyways. You can't text your hey, teammate. Hey, bro, Yeah, hey, learned this. Pick up that A yeah, gap, please. No doubt. no doubt. You know, <laughs> boss over. No. So you got to get them to communicate. And this will be good for our defense because the linebacker is the strength of that. So they're going to be the ones that are communicating all these things out, too. So it will be good that our defense gets to work on being able to see multiple personnels. How do we realign? How do we communicate? Also with them working on, all right, if we have some running back deficiencies, how are we going to Work on that and what it's going to look like for us.
0: I think it's also important to remember that you can't do anything without those five guys up front. Talk and, about it. And that's Say to be, it to them. I think that's going to be – like What about them? Last year was great, but I, I think that the ceiling – like it still was taking a little bit of time for Ohio State to restock the cupboard on the offensive line. Even throughout Urban Meyer's tenure, it was almost always that year where one injury is going to decimate that unit. Well, that's over with now. And you look at the way that competition is playing out. Now you have a health, healthy Thayer Munford – really for one of the first times going through a spring ball. I'm not going to call the uh, battle over at left guard, but Harry Miller was there today, and I don't think he's moving anytime soon. You know what you have with Myers and Wyatt Davis, so I think both of those guys. Harry
1: can, is a prick. I, he is a mean
0: dude. I like him. I think that that group and then what you have, you have with uh, NPF there and, and the battle with – we saw Paris Johnson getting some reps with the ones today. Again, not, not pads, not hitting, anything like that, but that's significant that the coaching staff already has him in the mix for that. That offensive line could be the best one in a
2: long time. To me, it's similar to the wide receiver thing I just said. Like You're losing really great players, really solid like program builder guys around that you're losing like Brandon Bowen and, and Jonah Jackson. You're losing really good players, right. but the ceiling of the guys that are replacing them is different. And you're talking about Nicholas Petit-Ferrer and Paris Johnson and Harry Miller and uh, you know uh, Josh Myers. Obviously, you're not replacing him, but you have guys that's – Four or five, five five star offensive linemen in that group. If you're talking about that's 25 stars, Wyatt Davis, Wyatt (laughs) Davis, Josh Myers, uh, Harry Miller, Nick Petit Frere, and Paris Johnson. That's five guys who were five star offensive linemen when they came out of high school. That's a pretty good group. I mean, I don't know if we've ever had that. uh, I mean, no, I can tell you that they haven't. That's pretty crazy. Obviously, Thayer Munford Munford isn't uh. Thayer Munford isn't uh, on that level as far as where he came out of high school, but he was criminally underranked because he moved around a lot and had some off the field issues that uh, people kind of were slow on on moving on him. But talent wise, he's obviously pretty darn good as well. So, mm-hmm.
1: well, you guys know what I think about stars; they suck. Right? They do so suck, I mean, like, but they still matter. They they don't matter. They what, do matter. What what matters is guy. I mean they James Rohn-Nice, He's a three star. It doesn't matter. AJ Hawk was like a three. He There's anomalies.
2: There's always anomalies. But here's what
1: I here's what I'll, I was. A mean, z- you, I was a zero four, star. Four star. Shrinks. Hell no, man. I wrestled. <laughs> They're like, what does this guy do? I was probably five eleven. You were
2: wrestling bores. <laughs> no, nah, I was
1: I was, a, I was a state national champion wrestler in high school. I just wanted to knock your junk off man like you know i don't care they don't have stars for that who knocks people's faces in better i don't know how many stars is that he's seeing stars but here's what i'll say about the offensive line and again i think recruiting this goes back to recruiting and why i disagree with stars and coach meyer stated it i retweeted it culture over talent all the time then i had somebody like you know retweet me it's like or comment like culture attracts talent true sure but i don't want all talent i want the talent that fits and here's why i'm here's why i'm getting to that it has taken us time to get the talent that is attracted by our culture, that fits into our culture, because guess what? If you're a douchebag and, and you're very selfish and not selfless, and you're talented, of course you're gonna be you're gonna want to come to this culture, right? Because right? it's a freaking old, oh, Ohio State University. However, we don't want you because we want guys that are we over me all day, because they're gonna go out and they're gonna work on their craft. And Justin Fields is gonna go get them. I'm like, hey, let's work on our passing routes. Let's go work on our footwork. Hey, let's get a little bit stronger in the weight room. I wanna I wanna be in your group. Hey, Coach Mick. Hey, I'm a, I'm a freshman. Hey, I want to be in Josh Myers' group, or I want to be working with Harry. Like, that's what you have, and as you build that, that takes time. This just doesn't happen overnight. And I think you're seeing the fruits of Coach Myers' labor, and how Ryan Day has been able to sustain that. Through talent, and oh, now no. you are getting the high qual, the the high caliber five star guys across the board. People because-
2: are people are sick of me talking about how different the dudes are at Ohio State right now, as opposed to how they were 15 years ago. Right? Sure. well,
1: why they you they are different. different. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you <laughs> why. To- like Urban Meyer, Coach Meyer changed how we recruited. Like again. It's business. I think Tress was unbelievable at the relationship. I, th- I think that we got some really – I mean, we had 14 guys that got drafted That's the year before scary. us. When I was drafted, we had nine guys get drafted. We were putting guys in the league left and right. And then it started to taper off a little bit. On the recruiting trail, you got to be hungry all the time. You've never yeah. arrived. I'm constantly always going after those guys. And I always thought that our program was always a little thin, right? If like something happened to one of those marquee guys, who was their backup? You don't necessarily – Necessarily have that anymore. You have so much talent that's being developed, and that the beauty is, guys are will, will start to stay stay because I believe they feel, hey, it's okay if I only get one year. I can still go achieve my dreams, but I love what we're doing here at Ohio State. I want to be a part of that. So you have guys that say, I don't want to have to go be a five-star guy at a school that only has one five-star. I want to go be a five-star at Ohio State with a bunch of other ones and I love competing, and they're only going to make me better, and I'll still have an opportunity to go. And with that, now you have a team that's very, very talented, and they're all trying to get better.
3: And it it, it showed today in the first spring practice in the wide receiver room. Yeah. Those guys all are pretty selfless guys. They all know how good they can be being the number one guy, but they're all okay with being whatever they are in that wide receiver room, and that that is a, should be a scary thought for any defensive coordinator in yeah. the Big Ten.
0: It also applies on the defensive side, and we're going to get to that after we take a quick break here, brought to you uh, by our friends at Roosters. Letterman Live will roll on after this quick word and a bunch of mac and cheese bites right here.
1: Thank you, Roosters
0: Foundation. All right, welcome back to Letterman Live brought to you by Roosters. As I said, we got to talk a little bit about the defense. And Schlag mentioned this a second ago with, you know, the offensive line and you know having some depth that shows up. That's why I think some of this concern maybe about the secondary is overblown. And maybe I'm in the minority, maybe I'm not, but you saw today, Cameron Brown was hurt, so he wasn't out there. Sean Wade was limited. He didn't go through a full practice. Josh Proctor had safety. He's the guy that they want to see as the starter. Well, he didn't practice either, and yet that was still a pretty effective group that we got to see. During that practice, You, Seven Banks is out there looking, as Burm said, he looked like a million bucks. Yeah. He looked like one of these guys that could be the next first-rounder. Tyreek Johnson, uh, not a finished product yet, but he's another former five-star. He's out there getting reps with the starters. Marcus Williamson, uh, you know, not to keep throwing out the stars, but these are all highly – recruited guys, Marcus Hooker with that with you know famous genetics that's pl- flowing through his veins. He's out there at safety, Ronnie Hickman, Bryson Shaw. These aren't just dudes that they picked up off the street. It's not me running around in the Ohio State <laughs> Down secondary. Yeah, they're up a of high street. Like, What's up, yeah, man? like hey can come you, on in, man. can you come help us out? We need walkers. That's not what they have out there. That Ohio State secondary, plus you have Kerry Combs and, and Matt Barnes, but I think they're fine. They've been recruiting so well for so long you don't have that issue anymore where one injury was going to knock them out or suddenly they have a disaster, and I don't believe that about the secondary. I think that they still have five or six guys that could legitimately
2: play at cornerback. Am I crazy, Berm? What's going on here? You're not crazy, and that's, but that's, again, I mean, it always goes back to recruiting, but they recruit versatile guys that can move around the secondary. There are no recruiting safeties anymore, recruiting uh-huh. you rec- Preach it. Let's go. I You're recruiting athletes that can move around. Uh, sure, you have different body types that you're looking for at each position, but if you look at a guy like Legend Cavazos, who you know a lot of people aren't sure if he's really a football player. You know he's a great athlete. He's an incredible frame. He looks like what you want a cornerback to look like, but he's also six foot one and 200 pounds. That's a traditional safety you know, yeah. 10 years ago. So, But he's also out there running a 4'4. So you just got to find a way to turn these guys into football players, and that's what the Buckeyes have done for years, and that's what makes them great uh, compared to most of the people around the country. I was talking to Brandon Bowen at practice today. Uh, And he was mentioning that he's working out with a guy in California who played at Michigan this past year. And that the conversations, it's like he's speaking a different language than this guy. And the things they talk about and the way that they're prepared, uh, it's different. And the guys in this secondary at Ohio State are going to be prepared the right way. Now, I still expect that they're going to maybe have to take a look at the transfer portal after spring ball because Mm -hmm. just numbers are what they are. Um, and you don't know what you're getting out of Ryan Watts and Cavazos, and they had Court Williams back there playing safety today. We don't know if that's going to stick. Eventually, he probably turns into a linebacker. But you know, you you still have Cameron Martinez and Lathan Ransom coming in in the summer, and it's not a dire situation by any stretch. It's not like running back where there's like, oh crap, if someone gets hurt, we're we're in a lot of trouble. Right.
1: Well, the the thing that you brought up about this, you bring up the stars, and here's what the kind of the stars do, especially at this time when there's a lot of. You know, unknowns, right? You have Wade, you have Proctor. We get it. The stars really, to me, look at genetic potential in the ceiling, right? Right, and I so I think they
2: set the floor, though, is in my opinion. I think that as much as they uh, help get an idea of what the ceiling is, I think they also set the floor when it comes to what you expect out of guys when they walk in the and door, that,
1: and that's part of Mark and what, why Mark Mantoni is is who he is and one of the best one because it's going out and selecting the right five stars right. on where that floor really is, not based on perception and how that person correlates to our program. Because just like the NFL, it's all about the fits. And they're going out and looking for guys that have the fit. And the one thing that Ohio State does better than anybody else in the country, 100% better than Michigan, and we've seen it, it's very evident, just look it up on paper, is that we develop guys, period. Right, And so with Coach Combs coming back, Matt Barnes, those guys will be developed. They'll be developed the right way. They're going to be going back to the fundamentals. And that's the beauty of spring football. It's you have all this stuff in winter conditioning, and now we get to go work on football and being very, very intentional in the fundamentals of the game. It's going to be very simplistic but it's all going to be about your footwork. It's going to be about where your drops are, how we're playing, you know, how we're turning into our guy looking for the ball in the air. How do we finish the drill? Those things that will then go into their summer conditioning and then into fall camp, that's what they're laying the foundation now. And the beauty is, even with some of those guys out, that means more and more reps for the guys that really need it that now we can choose. These are our other two guys or here's our top six. And that... And Berm mentioned another point that I think is 100%, you know, extremely important. Ohio State has changed recruiting, in my opinion, as they don't necessarily go out and look for positions. They're looking at body types and who are the best 11. And the best 11 sometimes it's going to be we're playing base defense because our D-line is so good. We And our linebackers have so many different things that they can do. Our Will linebacker and Mike can cover these guys or our Sam can go out and help cover a slot because of their skill set and their body types. That's what they're looking at now in recruiting.
2: Defensive football in college Football is turning into like the NBA almost, where it's positionless. You're going out and getting guys that that work with what you want to do, and it doesn't matter if, if Giannis, uh, blah, 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 whatever. You know, you, you know kind of I, I
0: don't really go to berm for my that NBA guy, takes. That normal. guy,
2: but <laughs> it doesn't matter that he's six foot eleven or seven foot tall. Like he can go out and play like a guy who's six five. So if he happens to be six eleven, then that's just better for
3: you. I mean, it's just a yeah, just a bonus, but it's positionless. I'm going back to spring practice today instead of the NBA. When you <laughs> Or the Death Star. The Greek freak. When yeah. we talk about this secondary, I think it comes down to, can one guy emerge as a true shutdown corner? In Other my than opinion, Sean Wade? Yeah. 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 In my opinion, when Jeff Okuda became a shutdown corner, Damon Arnett became a better football player. Right. Okay. Jordan Fuller became a better football player. I think... Sean Wade became better. And now Sean Wade has to step into that role and take the next step forward. I think if Seven Banks can emerge as a Damon Ornette or Jeff Okuda style of player, and he may never get to where Jeff Okuda is, but if he can become Damon Arnett, mm-hmm. this secondary will be taken care of. Because I think the corners on the outside are so important to what Kerry Combs wants to run and what Jeff Halfley wanted to run, that if you have good corners, you really don't have to worry about much else in that secondary just because they change everything. So well, I think when, when you look at this secondary... And we talk whenever we see these practices in the next few weeks. You know, if we see Seven Banks is emerging, I think the secondary is going to take a step forward as a whole, just because not only is Sean Wade a shutdown corner, but Seven Banks can become that as well.
1: And the other good thing too is that you have the best D line coach in the country, Mm -hmm. and you have some of the best D linemen in the country that were young that got that got a lot of tape last year. They got a lot of live bullets, and defensive line make the secondary look really, really good because they don't have to cover him for five seconds, right?
3: One of the beautiful things about that is Chase Young, as amazing as he was, there's not going to be another Chase Young on that team, and you're not going to have 18 or so sacks out of one guy this year, but you are going to have eight sacks out of this guy, nine sacks out of this guy, and they're all going to be fresh. So you're just going to keep rolling in guys who can get to the quarterback. As long as that defensive line stays fresh, again, it's going to help the secondary. Ryan
2: Day said it uh, at his Monday press conference that the – the real beauty of the secondary, despite the relative inexperience, and we don't have them as you know big-time names at this point, these guys played a lot of football last right. year. Seven Banks played a lot. Cam yep. Brown played a lot. There yep. was uh, injuries all year long. Marcus Hooker played, uh, I believe, in the rivalry game. Right, a lot of injuries class. last year that, that got these guys on the field. Um, and So that type of experience and the way the Buckeyes were steamrolling through the schedule, uh, these guys played a half of football – in the in four or five different Big Ten games, that's rare. That's a rare thing to have that sort of live rep in a Big Ten game, in Big Ten stadiums, on the road. I think it helps the mental preparation and the idea that hey, we belong, because so many times that's the biggest hurdle these guys need to, to climb. Is like, do I belong in this sitting yeah. in, in this setting? And especially when you're playing behind guys like Jeff Okuda. Do I belong? And to see last year that they do and that they can fit and they can step in and make plays against good teams and big plays at Michigan and big plays against Penn State, et cetera, I I think it's a much uh, less experienced group and obviously maybe ceiling-wise a little less talented because you lose a top-five pick in the NFL draft. But overall talent, it's not like there's a drop-off. It's Ohio State. There's never really a drop-off.
0: Well, and I think what Spencer was saying as well is that if you're balancing that with – Zach Harrison, I don't know if it's because he was wearing a single digit today or what, but he looks massive. He looks like an absolute monster. That's uh, awesome. I, I mean, love that. I mean, he looks it's, huge. It's crazy to watch him work, and and you have a, he's Cooper. only been here a year. I I don't know what he's going to become, but it's, it's terrifying.
1: Cell tech. About as big it. as oh, body by Meg, as big as, as yeah, you were about to love say his name, that. as
3: big as Zach Harrison looks, Jonathan Cooper looks like Megatron. Yeah, he. And, and we'd. He's older. I'd
1: kind of yeah. asked. He's I a like, man. I'd kind of been asking man. people
0: about Coop.
1: We don't like Megatron. He's a Decepticon. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well,
1: <laughs> I mean, he talked about the Death Star. Yeah, Boy, we are getting weird. some
0: weird stuff going on. Yeah, I don't even know today. what's going but, on. Like, Cooper, uh, you know, I asked Jordan Fuller about it at the combine, their roommates still, and like what his mentality was like because people were so excited about him in August and not that he was going to have. 16 and a half sacks, like Chase Young, but that he was gonna—he had years to wait to be that five star. He was gonna be a starter. He's a captain. Everybody loves him, and they were ready to see it. And then you have that ankle injury. Well, he still got that time to develop. He's yeah. still gonna be another year older, wiser, uh, going through. He'll be like me, yeah, going through, <laughs> going through the Mick. Be thirty years old, yeah, going through the Mick program. So he's ready. He's out there. You could, you know, he's always smiling. But the smile was a little bit bigger when we saw him after practice. Tyreek Smith. Uh, he's always the guy that Chase Young would point to that's similar to him a little bit physically, not counting Zach Harrison, of course, but he loves Tyreek Smith and that potential. And Tyler Friday, sometimes we forget to talk about him. Him and Javante Jean-Baptiste. Yeah, those, like
1: they're going to be fine. So better. if you
0: have if Larry Johnson with those guys to work with at defensive end, well, you don't necessarily have to have Jeff Akuda and Damon Arnett back there. If you, just, you have uh, some late first-round picks, you're probably going to be fine because you're going to have so much pressure coming
1: from that front. Well, it also depends on what Kerry wants to do, like if we're going to go play man or if we're going to play zone, like all that goes into it, kind of why you're not seeing these guys running 4-4s four and the game has changed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's basketball on turf, right? So you got to be able to play some man, you got to be able to play some zone. And what does that look like? And the other the other good thing about what you mentioned, you just mentioned six names right there. That's your rush man package. I mean, you got four dudes that are like that getting after the ball. But those are just, just the, the quarterbacks. There's not even – Yeah, that's, we haven't even talked talk, talk about to, the interior guys. I, well, Haskell, Garrett, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's crazy the amount of depth. But, again, that has taken a lot of time, energy, effort, guys buying into what the program is all about. But I'm like you guys. One, I coach with Kerry. I know Kerry. Kerry is a developer. It's why he did so well at the league because guy, regardless of age, regardless of status, like I'm at I'm in high school, I'm in college or I'm in the pros, Kerry has this like unbelievable God given skill that he is just genuine. And people want to learn and work with him because he is selfless. Kerry Combs is a selfless guy. Not
2: every coach can
1: teach. No, he is a phenomenal teacher, right? right? And that's what you saw with the development of the guys that he was putting out before he left. He taught them. They weren't ready-made. And that's why when people come to Ohio State... They are coming because of our coaches. Look at the wide receivers and what Brian Hartline and what K.J. Hill talked about, how he talked about Brian Hartline. These guys are investing and teaching them the game, teaching them the concepts and the why. And I, I mentioned it last week of what Terry McLaurin said. When he got to the NFL, he was more prepared than guys that had even been in the league for three years because of the routine. Much like they were talking about the Michigan guy right when they were out on the West Coast. People don't do it the way that we do it now i will say the elite of the elite do and it's why the elite of the elite are constantly there i believe that clemson is very similar yep. to us I, I i believe that nick saban does a lot of what we do but after that i don't know and i definitely know that team up north is very different but yep. our guys are being taught how to be a pro while they're in college and you're seeing the fruits of that labor Going 13-1. I just wonder what, have been
0: what language it is that they're really speaking up there. I mean, and why they won't recognize that they have to change if they're ever going to win in this rivalry Change is, change
1: is difficult. The number one thing is, though, and I, I heard somebody saying this today. Look at the quarterback position for us, right, over the last 20 years versus the quarterbacks of them. Over the last, I mean, like ultimately, at the end of the day, there's a reason why the quarterbacks are the highest-paid player in the NFL. They have the ball in their hand every single snap. They're the number one player on the field. Ohio State has had great quarterbacks. I mean, you can go back and look at Craig Krenzel and who he was, and Todd Beckman was an All Big Ten, first-team All Big Ten quarterback. Then you start running that gauntlet of playmaking <laughs> yeah. guys. So right? I'm just saying, play Troy right? Playmaking guys along the way, all the way up to now we have Justin Fields. We had Dwayne Haskins for a year that set every record in the Big Ten. Like, how did that even happen? And Joe Burrow's <laughs> left us, right? And then now you have Justin Fields. So look at the quarter, quarterback position. That is a huge reason, right? The other one is the other, other eight units out there that are being developed. I just truly believe that our staff is made up of really of great teachers.
2: Yeah, I think there's also this idea and maybe the last handful of years we've constantly seen coaching turnover even here at Ohio State, but the, as you mentioned, the culture's been the same, the systems are the same. And great managers manage systems and then let the systems manage your employees, right? That's how you work. and That's how you you have this, uh, uh, an ecosystem that gets everyone learning and growing at the same time. This year, there's a 20% coaching turnover, but it's two guys that have been here for – it's Corey Dennis who's been here for five years. Right. uh, Kerry Combs who was here for six years before that. So it's like there's not even a a loss this year where you have to kind of fill that gap or uh, fix a culture issue where you have to bring someone in and let them learn the place. So it's interesting.
3: It just goes – just like and I keep bringing it back to just today as like a to, small to the NBA, example, to a the small NBA. example <laughs> of, of all of this. Like if you watch the wide receivers work, it wasn't just Brian Hartline teaching them. There, there were quality guys all over. Uh, Keenan, Keenan Bailey. Bailey yeah. And if you go over to the defensive line, while Larry Johnson is trying to coach Darian Henry in his first day, you've got uh, Kenny, Kenny Ananuki just coaching, awesome. coaching, his tail off yeah. to the older guys and telling them what to do. Yeah. Like. The the system goes far beyond the 10 assistants that are on the payroll.
1: Well, here's here's the thing that Urban always talked about. He said, average leaders have quotes. Good leaders have a plan. Great leaders have a system, Mm -hmm. right? And then when you have that turnover, right? Like the one thing that I thought Coach Meyer did well that I really appreciated was, listen, however you did it anywhere else, guess what? That's cool. And if you're ever the head duck, guess what? You can do that. But here, this is what we do. And I think the number one thing that that um coach day did when he came over he didn't try to blow it up right he saw things that he really liked he really liked i don't have to reinvent the wheel just because i take over right so he kept the things that he really liked and he put his own thumbprint on it because he's comfortable in his skin you can only be comfortable in your skin and come in here and say i'm going to run i'm going to run this program Following a living legend in Urban Meyer and go 13 and 1. He has confidence in himself. He has confidence in his coaches. He has confidence in the coach that he hires in the offensive room to bring friction as to how we should game plan for somebody. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's, you know, the buck stops here with Ryan Day and the fact that he was the offensive coordinator, managed the game, called timeouts for the defense, right? still holding the system together, allowing his coaches to have the autonomy to do what they do and be great teachers, right? And still have the relationship that he has with Mick to have the pulse of the team just shows that he is a great leader, right? So all those things go together along with the recruiting, right? And that takes years. The problem, like with Michigan, is that you had Rich Rod, you had Hoke, and then you had Harbaugh. Well, those six years of the other two cats— Just wasted. Well, devastated them because that's all recruiting, right? So you think about us and how the talent's been different. Boom. Their talent level, like, they're starting back where back where we were. Like, I don't I don't even know how to go back and start where we were because we yeah. still have some talent in the late back days. <laughs> but, like, there's this a huge six-year gap that they're they're constantly struggling to get to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's kind of the why.
0: And Ohio State's still growing. Ryan Day has started uh, spring number two with the Buckeyes. We covered it for you at Letterman Road. We're going to keep talking about it. We barely... Scratch the surface with the stuff we learned. What, what else is going on hey, over there? Are we done? Are we done with the show? We're done with this. You're oh, eating. I was I was talk Man, we about got six more weeks of spring ball okay, to break I'll, down. I'll, you can wait a little here, bit. I'm sure. Got some great stuff from these guys from Berm, Spencer, Anthony Schlegel, attack and dominate. He's got that was not a heart, but we still <laughs> love it. We love it anyway. The mac and cheese bites at that Roosters. Look
1: like that looked like the state of Minnesota.
0: Okay. Well, you can you can go to work on that row the boat. Uh, hey, this has been a fun uh, casual conversation. We loved it. Lots more spring ball coming to you at Letterman For these three, I'm Austin. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.